Hey, hey! Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday, or in this case Friday, for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I am your temporary host, Marcus Stewart, Alex Van Aken, out in California doing all kinds of important summer game fest stuff. Uh, so who knows what kind of hijinks he's getting into, but fear not, because I am joined by uh, my co-host, Kyle Hilliard. How you doing, sir? Hello. Usually when someone's out, we have to be like vague and cryptic about it, but now we can be like, oh, he's in California. He's at Soaring Your Fest. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's getting some like in and out or something. I think you know. that's his main, yeah, that's the main thing he's doing, I think. Yeah, it's just burgers. That, that, yeah, that's why we, it's getting it for the rest of us. He's going to. Oh, great. Yeah, just a very expensive uh, drive through thing. I don't know. <laughs> and I am joined by our special guest, Mr. Scott White. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, doing well. Just enjoying the the nice, clean, hazy, smoke-filled air here. that's uh, here in Michigan right now. It's, it's oh, great. Oh, man. You guys are getting it, too? I mean, because everyone's talking about New York, but like it's also in Michigan as it, well. We're getting it's nowhere near as bad out here, but uh, definitely hazardous breathing conditions. Detroit a couple days ago was number one in the world for worst air quality. Oh geez, wait, Sorry, wait, man. what's happening? Why, why is thing? I'm unaware of all of you this. You don't know about this, Marcus? Canada's on what's fire, it? and it's yeah. making a whole bunch of. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This is how you learn, Marcus. Diablo. Yeah, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> oh, is it like a like forest fires? Yeah, but it's like it's specifically New York is getting like the brunt of it because all the terrible air is just like floating down to New York, so the skies are like yellow. Uh oh, it's like it reminds me of the uh, what was it twenty twenty with the the horrible California fires where the sky was orange. Yeah, yeah, that's what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so you're getting some of that, Scott. It's... Yeah, it's a little hazy. It's it's still very much blue sky here, but we're poor. Co- Poor air quality alerts. Don't breathe this kind of stay inside kind of kind of goodness. So. Yeah. Okay. I live in Florida, so I'm as far south from that as you could <laughs> be. So yeah, I was not privy to that. Uh, but yeah, you know, good luck to all of our neighbors up north. That's that's awful. Hope that gets uh, resolved soon. Uh, but yeah, Scott, I'm here. I have you here for today for a very uh, specific reason because uh, you are a big RPG fan. And we're going to be talking a lot about uh, Diablo 4 today. Uh, my review went up. Uh, other people's reviews have been up for about a week. Uh, and I know you've been playing a lot of the game. So we're gonna I'm going to pick your brain about that as well as, uh, you know, expand on some of my thoughts. Um, before we do, do you want to give everyone just a quick uh, primer on, you know, who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, so my name is Scott White. I am a freelance writer and content creator. Um, I write for RPG site. I do some guide work for IGN, uh, Irrational Passions, all sorts of places. Um, but my main thing is I host the RPG podcast, RPG University, where I have guests on and we nerd out about RPGs we love, tabletop or video games, of course, um, talk to developers and really just kind of recreate that nerding out on a couch with friends while also providing information and helpful tips for new players and sharing uh, the internet's favorite memories of the game, including actually had David Brevik, the creator of Diablo, on some episodes. It's a good time bringing it, bringing it all together for today's episode here. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. What's the best RPG ever made? Mm. I, 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 
I'm not gonna start the flame war. This is my first. <laughs> this is this is my first time here. I appreciate it. I'm not going to start uh, with my flame shields up and everything. But there are there. I, are, I have many recommendations. It rhymes with Trono Krigger. <laughs> Trono Krigger. Um, that's a, that's a solid one. That is a solid one. I'm a I'm a big proponent and advocate of the Legend of Heroes Trails series. Um, so ask many of my friends. Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky, Trails of Cold Steel, Trails from Azure to or two zero from Azure. Um, and all those games play those if you like turn based RPGs. Persona, Shin Megami Tensei. Um, all D and D, Pathfinder, all all good stuff. So, okay, it's all good at the end of the day, including this game, Diablo Four, <laughs> which I'm I'm so excited to finally get to unpack. You know, we didn't get to talk about it last week because I was still sort of waiting for it to 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 be like out for realties. You know, play around with the servers up, have other people in there to run into and, and give a little emote wave, and then go about my day. Uh. But yeah, uh, this game's really fun. It's a good, it's a good Diablo, and it's funny for me because um, I'm I'm what I guess you would call like a Diablo, maybe like newcomer or noob, because I I got in with Diablo three, and a lot of that is because I I didn't grow up uh, playing PC games because I didn't have a PC in my house for the pretty much my entire childhood, and <laughs> my first exposure to Diablo was actually in high school where I was in a shop class. And I shared a table with these two like punk rock kids that every single class period without fail, they would only talk about what they did in Diablo 2 the night before <laughs> and then spend the entire class talking about like, oh, man, Diablo 2 is so good. I, can you believe I did this? And I had no idea what they were talking about. I only gathered just through context clues that it was a game and that it was about like hell or something. What year is but this? Like, would... Was it new? Like had Diablo 2 just come out at that point? I know because uh, Diablo 2 was what, like 2000, something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's just one of those yeah. games that like lingered, like just people played it for years and years. Still and do, years. yeah. I mean, that's I true, mean, Diablo yeah. 3 wasn't until like 2012, right? So it was like a good over a decade, yeah. Something between like that. those two releases, yep. uh, yeah, because this would have been like 2004, 2003, 2004 when this was happening. But I remember just sitting there because they didn't talk to me because I didn't play. So I was like <laughs> worthless to them. So I, the only time they acknowledged me was to be like, hey, can you pass us the hammer or something? And then <laughs> I would sit there and just listen to them wondering like, what is this? Is this game that good? I, I don't know how to play this game. And then playing Diablo 3. But oh, okay, I, oh, this is the thing that those two nerd guys really like. <laughs> I, I can say that because you know, I'm not a nerd. I'm a super cool guy. A professional nerd. And I like Diablo 3. Uh, quite, I came to that really late where I actually played through the Switch version. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, good handheld game. Text impossible to read. <laughs> but other than that, fun little game to play on the go. Um, but I having played Diablo 4, uh, spending over 80 hours with it and not including all the other like betas and media <laughs> opening things that i've played i i think i'm finally in the mindset of those two guys right i think <laughs> about diablo 4 i, I want to keep playing diablo 4 especially as a guy that doesn't replay games very often like i thought i would be sick of it after playing so much of it for the review period and then immediately once uh the real version came out i was kind i was like excited 
to get back in there. And a lot of that was like the idea of getting to play without the pressure of like that horrible deadline. <laughs> and that your character wouldn't be deleted for all time. So all the time you spent. Uh, <sighs> yeah, you, you guys you should away. explain that. Like it was such a weird setup that reviewers had to go through to play to review Diablo 4. Yeah, uh, so we got the game. Uh, were you were in the review yeah. uh, period too, Scott? Okay. Yeah. So we got the game like. We got it for ten days, like it wasn't yeah. even a full two weeks. No, and the conditions were were, um, you know, you uh, you have until the tenth day. Once that day comes, we're going to pull the review build offline. None of your progress will carry over to the finished <laughs> version, so everything you did will be gone, which is terrifying because yeah. a big part of the game is its end game. So it was like, okay, not only do I have to beat this game in a relatively quick fashion but i need to have enough time left over to explore as much end game as i can so i can talk about it in the review and i will say for like the next like 10 days i i i that if i wasn't doing any other obligation i was pretty much playing diablo yeah which was rough (laughs) how was it for you scott yeah it was so i wasn't reviewing it i i was working on it for a guide's from the guide's angle. Um, so scouring. So I wasn't necessarily, I had to beat the story and, and dive into Endgame. I was assigned to find some collectibles and do other things. But were you playing Marcus on console or PC? I'm curious. Uh, console. I was on PlayStation. So the PC setup was kind of interesting because they gave the PC creators and reviewers and everything special Blizzard accounts that had access to this pre-review build. So they gave us all the login information for these special Blizzard accounts, and that's how we played on PC. Did it um, like give you access to more like uh, you were like a higher level character or something? Not at all. No. Okay. We, we, <laughs> we could just install Diablo Four like this preview build, and uh, the rest sounds exactly the same. But yeah, it was a lot of diving in and figuring out. Okay, what character do I want to spend a lot of time with, knowing that I will never play this character again? Um, so I went, I made the Swanson uh, Barbarian looking like Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. <laughs> it was a good time. Yep. That's, yeah, I don't know if you did the same thing, but I actually, when the review period was wrapping up, I took a picture. Of oh, my, yeah. I picked the Sorcerer because he looks so cool. And it, it like, the oh, more yeah. you play, the more just upset you were. That you're like, I don't get to keep any of this. That's why I went, like, I have never, so I got my start, like, with Diablo 2. I remember my brother, my older brother, playing the first Diablo, but I didn't really get into it until Diablo 2. And I've just never gravitated towards the the big, burly, smack things really hard. Um, character types, archetypes. So I was like, I, I will play Barbarian. I'll be fine if I never play Barbarian again, but I want to do it. Because, yeah, the Sorcerers, the Druid, Necromancer, all the Rogue, all these characters look so cool. So I was okay making the Swanson a, a Barbarian, but it's... The characters all look really, really cool in Diablo 4. Yeah, like, the character creator is... It's pretty robust. You can make some pretty cool-looking uh, heroes in that thing. I, I spent more time in it than I, I thought I would every time I've used it. <clears throat> um, and I've always been pretty happy. And it helps, too, that a lot of the loot that you get looks pretty cool to the point where, like... You know, the cosmetic shop is like, oh, there's some cool-looking stuff. But honestly, there's so much, like, great-looking armor that you'll just find by playing. That's like, yeah. I don't know if there's anything yet that's going to make me want to pay money for, like, a cool hat or, I don't know, <laughs> a chess piece or something. But, yeah, the game, it's, it's you know, it, it's, like, fundamentally, it is still very much that Diablo experience of, like, yeah, you're going around. There's, like, 100 enemies in front of you. You're, you're more or less 
mashing or, or holding down a button and you're managing cooldowns. But like, I, I the combat feels a, a little bit more deliberate. Like having that uh, evade mm-hmm. helps because you know you have to time that where you're you know you're rolling out the way. You know the console version of Diablo three had that. Uh, uh, so it comes back here, and uh, I it's like. The way the enemies are designed, there's so many just different sorts of um, like threats that it feels like you're being challenged to to use your skills smartly as opposed to just like, you know, like I'm just going to hit everything as soon as it's available. It's like, yeah, you, you could do that, but like I'll, I feel like oftentimes you're, you're even a little punished for like, oh, maybe I should have saved that for this specific guy like there's a guy that's like summoning other enemies yeah i need to deal with him. i need something that can get to him really quickly and i i should probably save this one move that can like blow past the enemies just to get to him yeah or there's a guy that uh shoots poison and it covers the whole field and i'm like oh i should a shield would be great so i don't like feel any of that and i i think one of this game's biggest achievements for me is like i never ever respect in games ever Mm -hmm. i I tend to commit to what i have usually either because i'm happy with it or honestly it's like sometimes just sheer laziness i'm like i'll just brute force my way through that i don't feel like because i'm always afraid if i respect point i'm gonna forget how i had it like Mm -hmm. i gotta put this back now how was it uh i don't want to rebuild that house of cards but in this game one because you're not gonna unlock everything in the skill tree like there's just you do not have enough skill points for it ever um so it forces you to be a little bit more specialized Mm -hmm. in what you're building but also because there's so many different challenges that it was actually exciting to go in there. But like, oh, actually, maybe I'll take this power out because I don't need it for this. And I'll try out this other power, which made me try things that I otherwise maybe wouldn't have. <laughs> like if it was like a sword of power. I was like, I don't know if I really want to use a defensive spell. I'm like an offense guy. Yeah. But then you fight something. You're like, actually, like this flame shield makes this so much easier. I should just use this <laughs> instead of trying to be just stubborn with it. Um, but I feel like the game at every turn does a good job of like just challenging you which i think for this game which can become you know in the beginning can feel a little bit more mindless to the point where it might be boring because you're like okay i'm just hitting same buttons and just blowing back enemies but as you get that's where i'm at yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah kyle you talked we you talked a little bit about honestly honestly i want to keep hearing about how you love it i was just i was just interjecting for a quick joke but (laughs) yeah i mean i'll get to you because i'm curious to know where you are at uh, in diablo 4 right now but yeah, once you get deep enough to where it, it, you have more of the play with, you've unlocked like a full, you know, hot bar of skills and you're running into more interesting threats to where you you, you are mixing things up more often. And also with the um, the way uh, you can customize your loot to emphasize your play style, because, you know, you're finding great loot and a lot of loot has different uh armor traits you know that hey this makes you go faster or hey this makes you hit harder you can do this and that and at first it can be overwhelming because you're getting so much of it and you're still trying to figure out like what do i want to be and sometimes you're like oh i just i'm gonna put on whatever has like a green number because that just means it's better in some way (laughs) and not even giving thought to like maybe the finer nuances of what it is Uh, but once you get to that point where again you have a little bit more to play with i i really started paying attention to that stuff because they make it matter in a, in a way that is really cool where I honestly, I don't know if you're the same way, Scott, where I was like constantly at the blacksmith bringing stuff. And then I also realized like, actually it's probably more valuable to just break down loot than selling it. Cause I'd rather just upgrade the stuff that I have. Or <laughs> if I find something new that looks good, I'd, I'd rather just make it better. And just like 
the the min maxing of building like a super specialized like suit of armor and weapon mm-hmm. system it, it's so good like it feels like you're like tony stark 100 constantly upgrading yourself and it feels good when you got like oh okay i think i got a good suit i'm gonna go take this dungeon on and you know oh watch yeah the action when you find a piece of gear that gives you like plus one or plus two ranks to that skill that you just use all the time or that you've fallen in yeah. love with that's that's the good stuff when you when you get those drops have you gone over the plus like you can go over yeah. like the uh five and you're like oh i have six mm-hmm. out of five for this blizzard attack i didn't even know that was possible yeah <laughs> it's like, like uh, don't tell blizzard I, I just broke their game i meant six out of five ranks you know how it is <laughs> they didn't know you could do that <laughs> pro pro strats yeah it's it's great times i'm ro- rocking druid so just kind of speaking on your the ease of kind of respecking and trying different things i it's so much easier and quicker and i feel intuitive in diablo 4 because when you go into your skill tree you just like right click it's just a simple button press to refund a point that you've invested that you can quickly invest somewhere else like in diablo 2 you had to go talk to special characters to respec diablo 3 i don't even remember how respecking worked honestly in that one but i knew you could change like the modifiers and stuff on the fly but it it feels really good to like you said test and see what works well for you or suits the situation that you're going into and it's a lot of fun yeah how are you uh you know as someone that's played more diablo than me what it what stood out to you as like some of the biggest improvements of the game compared to the other ones um the the biggest change in the biggest improvement is just the interconnected world diablo 4 reminded me of elden ring it's like what if diablo was like Elden Ring, like had a world like Elden Ring, because there's so much things to find. You have the little orange missions that like the side things, side events that pop up. You have the dungeons that you can unlock more aspects, which will grant you legendary powers. You have the little cellar areas that will lead you to little challenges and loot. You have all these things that you're never more than I feel like 30 seconds away from discovering some event or something you can do in the world. And I love that aspect um, because it rewards exploring and just seeing what Sanctuary has to offer. And I think that's the biggest biggest improvement and the thing that I love the most about Diablo 4 so far. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think we can stress enough how big the game is, just like the landmass. <laughs> like it yeah. is. It, I think when you zoom out, uh, you don't really get a sense of it, but like the more you zoom in and you see how like tiny your little dot mm-hmm. really is, and you're like, oh my god! And then you see like the waypoint way off in the distance. You're like, oh, that's gonna take forever to get there. But I gotta, yeah, I gotta walk there, especially for how uh, maybe one of my main criticisms is that maybe it takes a little too long to get a mountain in this game. Thousand uh, percent, my biggest gripe too. Yeah, like you, uh, like you know, without getting into details, like you pretty much get it through the story if you're wondering. So just if you want it, just. You can mainline the story, but even if you did, it's still going to take a good while. Like, honestly, during the review period, because I was being pretty thorough mm-hmm. trying to do side stuff, I didn't get the mount for, like, 50 hours. Yeah. Uh, and, and almost to the point where I was like, is this, is this like, actually working? Is this, like, <laughs> maybe, like, in the review build it doesn't work? Like, when is, like, and because narratively, there's no reason why you can't get one. Like, you go to the guy, and you're like, can I just, is there a reason why I can't just buy a horse, please? Yeah, and narratively, <laughs> like, in the first, maybe... 30 minutes of the game you accompany someone to the main town and he buys a horse right away and then just pieces out and yeah, he's like riding away bracking basically he's like yeah have fun walking and you're like we're on we're on the same team maybe yeah. you should get me a horse too especially because you're not locked to having to complete the narrative like for the most part 
after you get to Kyovashad, or however you pronounce it, apologies, um, you can just go and explore other areas. Yeah, there are some areas locked behind, um, like like leveling. Re- like they'll they still scale though. Like if you go to like a far like in the Act Four, or Act Five region, there'll be higher levels than you, but it still scales to whatever level you go to. Mm. So. I've just been re-exploring the world and, and doing all stuff. I haven't touched the narrative yet, but to your point, with the mounts being locked to the, like the narrative, it penalizes people from just going and exploring too, because instead of locking it behind, oh, for 150k you can get a license, and then for another 50k or whatever, you can buy a mount, or whatever idea. Forcing players... You have to go through a majority of this game before you can get a mount. And th- that's what rubs me the wrong way the, the most. Yeah, it does. Uh, but when you do get a mount, oh my God, <laughs> it feels so nice. Because one of my, like, as much as I like the world, there are times where it, because you don't have a mount, you have to run around. It does feel like a chore when you're like, okay, I just want to get to the next thing. And you're constantly getting like gang mugged mm-hmm. by everything out there like there's rarely a moment of peace when you're walking around like you'll go two seconds and then like 10 people just come off screen to rush and you're like and sometimes I, or even if i wasn't necessarily like in a rush to get somewhere it's like i kind of wish this was scaled back a little bit because i kind of want to soak in the mm-hmm. world and, and like the great music and stuff and you know like, I'm, i feel like i'm getting jumped constantly like you know it's cool that you'll always have something to kill but there were some times where like i just kind of want to soak this in a little bit and a horse it makes it easier because you can just blow past enemies like and you can walking too but it's just harder um unless you upgrade your walking speed which i did in the review build where i was like speed running basically everywhere (laughs) power walking Um, but uh mentioning the narrative too that was maybe my biggest surprise is like i i could not tell you the narrative of diablo 3 in detail i was just (laughs) kind of playing it because it was just a fun dungeon crawler but i just didn't really care that much about the story at the time I was playing it. But for this one, I was like a hundred percent like in on it. And a lot of that has to do with the, you know, the improved cinematography. Like, you know, there's more in game oh, yeah. cutscenes and, and CG cutscenes than in the series past. Uh I think the story is actually for how much it draws upon like previous Diablo games and more it also isn't like up its own butt about it to where like if you're not aware of any of that stuff you'll still be fine because mm-hmm. I consider myself one of those people and I was like oh no I, I I totally follow what's going on here like there's some good context clues of like oh I don't know this person or if you there are characters that you meet where you get the vibe of like okay this is clearly someone from like Diablo 2 um, but something about the way it, it like the clear reference that this game has for its history I found it to be so infectious where I actually kept the wiki open. Yeah. Cause I would, I wanted to know more of like, okay, I, this guy seems cool. And I, I can tell he's from something else. I'm going to look him up real quick. Uh, and uh, you know, like not a lot of, I guess, established series that you kind of jump into maybe midway do that for me. Uh, but in, then the, like just the narrative itself, like, I don't know. I like the characters. Like I love Lorath. I think Lorath oh, yeah. is one of my favorite characters of the year. Uh, and also, like, the performances are great. Like, I was just super into what they were doing. What did you uh, think of the narrative, Scott? Um, I'm really liking it. So I played a lot of the narrative in the, ser- like, I did the server slam, and then in the review period, I spent a lot of time doing uh, narrative there. And, yeah, the the nods back to and name drops of characters you've interacted or just heard of in previous Diablos, 
I, I definitely had to watch some lore videos as refreshers beforehand. But no, it's it's a very intricate story. And it's like you said, it's great for people that are both newcomers that are just jumping into the, the bandwagon of Diablo. And there's a lot of cool Easter eggs and things for longtime players as well. It's it, it's special in that the care and the ability to like, legitimately see your character in all the cutscenes it really helps bring bring you in. Yeah. Which is a and that they talk reason. too. Yeah, they're, they're not silent protagonists. Like they're they're interacting with everyone. Yeah. So. No, it's good stuff. Yeah, uh, Kyle, you have started. You have been playing Diablo. Uh, first and foremost, where are you at? I'm, I, I'm curious. I mean, it's like not really at all. Like I got, I played the first. I don't know what you call them dungeons, right? Yeah. Like like there's like in the opening of the game that you get sort of drugged by the local uh people right like you kind of get you think you're there and you're like oh i'm helping you guys but then they drug you and like drag you into a shack behind the bar like yeah, that's all in there i yeah that's that's where i um i stopped last time so really like not very far at all um yeah so you haven't even gotten to kiova shad which is like the first no real city no okay. which is like why i'm like kind of just sitting here quietly i i've never this genre is just like never clicked with me i i don't really know why i don't like loot i don't like looking at things in a menu and trying to decide what to equip like that's not <laughs> fun for me and then like uh, this is just going to be my my little negativity corner um i don't get the combat like i'm just like wa i walk up to a group and hold down a for a while like i i, I what are you playing like your class the uh the bow and arrow lady that's the class Rogue? name i think Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess a legendary so. bow and arrow lady class. Bow and arrow lady. But that being said, that being said, like I do want to give it more time because, like this, like I said, this genre has never clicked with me. I've played a couple other uh, within this genre, you know, like loot collecting, sort of overhead perspective action game. Just mm. never, and I've and I've played them a lot. I think I've even reviewed a few for Game Informer, where like I I sat down and played these full games, um, but like I there's clearly something is clicking about Diablo four with a lot of people. And the other thing for me is like, um, I've, I've, I, I always need a game to play when I like, I do my indoor bike, right. A couple times a week. And, mm -hmm. um, I, Zelda was great for that. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm sort of done with Zelda. Like I'm, you know, I've, I've, I've played that game to a point where I'm ready to move on and play other games. And oh my God, that's, I'm sorry. That's huge. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got all the shrines. So once I hit all the shrines, I felt pretty good about, um, sort of taking a break. Uh, I have a couple side quests left. So maybe if I have a Zelda itch in a few weeks, I'll, I'll have some stuff to go back and do. And then the other, I, I was, I was on my bike and I started playing planet of Lana. Uh, which I like, but I was like, this is a terrible like workout game. Like to sit here on the bike <laughs> and try to like solve puzzles is just like this is just th those two things are just not lining up. But Diablo, I think, is going to be great for it because it is a little more just like jump in there and do a bunch of action, right? Like it's like yeah. I don't want to say mindless. I feel like mindless does it a disservice, but it is a little bit more of just like a lot of stuff can happen without you. In engaging directly right it, 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 like it's like things just happen by nature of you kind of walking around and, and pressing a um so that's all that said like that's that's my sort of intention for diablo it's going to be my workout game and i'm going to give it a real shot and see if a game in this genre will finally get its hooks in me i, I do, if it's not this one then maybe i could just need to sort of 
recognize that the genre is just never going to be for me, and that's okay. <laughs> you know? yeah. I will say for the loot things, I'm I'm not too far away from you with loot. Like it depends on the game, but I overall have a bit of loot fatigue because you know that's like one out of every like three video games now. And I also get a I get frustrated when you know you're in a menu so much because you're constantly getting better stuff, so you feel like you can't get attached to anything. Uh, and I think this game maybe to like <laughs> my shock uh has a lot of options to where you can really get the most out of the things that you're wearing to where you're not always switching stuff like i said in my review that as weird as it sounds i'm kind of glad you're not finding great stuff all the time like i feel like they've struck a nice balance to where you you'll get legendary gear like it's rare enough to feel special but it it's not like scarce to where you're like oh my god when was the last time i got like a genuinely good piece of gear um, but the game gives you so many options for customizing your loadout to where, like, if you just find something where, like, I just really like this, like, the stats on it are really working for me. And until I find something similar that's better, I'm going to roll with this. You can just keep upgrading it. Or if you find something that, like, you know, like, there's an occultist store where you find, like, a weapon. You're like, oh, man, this has a really cool, like, aspect on it that would really help me. But I don't want to use the weapon it's mm-hmm. used for. Like, you can just take that ability out of it. Okay. And then put it into something you're using. You're just like, pluck it, put it in the thing, and then you can get rid of the the thing that you took it from. See that? that and I found that, I love all that because like the one that I always think of is this game I I really loved, which was Darksiders Two, and the, oh, and yeah. the structure of that game was like yep. you were solving Zelda puzzles and doing Zelda action, but you would I'd had to pause like every five minutes because like every boot I picked up was like plus one and worthwhile to equip. And I just got so annoyed with it by the end of the game that I was like, I don't want to stop. I don't want to pause at solving this puzzle to equip a, a different shoe. So, like, the fact that it's, like, the pace of it from what you're saying is that it's, like, you know, you get good stuff periodically, so you're not digging in there as much is really enticing mm-hmm. to me. That's actually, like, a, a weird, yeah. like, smart thing. Yeah, and even, like, junk stuff, uh, you know, there's always a use for it, like, you can like it's mentioned before you can sell it you can break it down to upgrade your existing stuff like i didn't mind even picking up garbage stuff just because i was like okay this is just going to make my the stuff i do want to use better because it's just fodder for it so i I didn't mind uh like it just feels like there's a there's a system in place for to reward you for like just every aspect of play whether it is like armor creation or even just like like renown became like a big like thing for me to chase because you know it's basically the the leveling tier that just rewards you for just doing stuff like mm-hmm. exploring like hey you found some you found a new city or you found a new dungeon or you you did a quest and we're gonna make a meter go up every time you do those sort of like routine tasks and then when you hit a certain milestone it's like hey you got an extra skill point or hey you got you can hold more potions now which is the thing that i was chasing oh most. yeah <laughs> yeah it was like oh what i can hold more potion okay i'm gonna get level two on everywhere uh, it, it like I think that's the thing that's like keeping me in here the most is like it is just it is the ultimate dopamine drip of yeah. like it's so satisfying to make meters go up right <laughs> and, yeah and this game does a is a very good one of those whether it's like oh man the art I got my meter up on this helmet that I've been working on all the way now it's the ultimate version of it or like now I've got max renown in Skazglin or you know <clears throat> I've hit. I've unlocked the full skill tree. Now I'm on the Paragon board and you know, that's a whole other adventure. It's just, man, it's, it, it's, it does like the spinning plate thing really, really well. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what I appreciate, like, especially like with the loot and things is you can 
put as little or as much time into it as you want. Like with like with loot and gear, like um, Marcus was saying, if you want, you can just look for the green. If there's something green, you can throw it on and be good. Um, as you progress, if you want to more specialize, if you've learned your character and you're like, I really like this aspect or this move, then you can advance and turn on the more advanced item descriptions or you can start comparing. It, it's very much up to the player how much or how little they want to really invest into like the min maxing or going through all their loot and that's what i really appreciate and i've always really appreciated with diablo it's one of those games where unlike a lot of games as a services i don't feel bad if i put diablo down and walk away for six months seven months mm, when i come yeah. back when i get that itch it's like i just want to slay some stuff get a cool looking character get some new gear i can jump back in for a week or two to satisfy that itch and not feel guilty or be like oh where was i again that's what's always been really attractive about diablo in these style of games that i can just jump in satisfy that craving and then jump back out with little to no guilt or readjust re myself i mean that's probably why diablo 2 has just like lingered for as long as it did like it's just yeah still they're still updating it right haven't they like issued a recent update to diablo 2 or something? well i mean they did that full-on remake they did that yeah but even around that time year. i feel like they were still like updating the original periodically but uh yeah ladders yeah. and stuff i say uh scott i mentioned what do you think of the uh the shared world stuff like you think it's a good addition negligible what do you think that is like it's okay like i don't mind it um if it was between keeping the shared world and having an option where I didn't have to play Diablo 4 online, I would throw away shared world in an instant just to be able to play <laughs> Diablo 4 offline. I, I hate games that require always-on connections. And, like, with the reports of uh, the first hardcore player losing their character because of a disconnect and, and things like that, it's... So oh, no. Blizzard should. By the way, hardcore that. mode is yeah. Hardcore mode is if you die, your character gets wiped. Right. Yeah. Like they're just permanently. Yeah. And this oh, and it was the sort of there was someone who was like they were the furthest. Like I don't know all the context, but like they, it was totally out of their hands that they lost their character. Right. It was like completely unfair. Yeah. So the scar. I I apologize. I can't remember the the streamer and player's name, but he was the first player to hit level 100 hardcore because Blizzard was doing this big contest first 1,000 players to reach a level 100, the max level, and hardcore gets their name added to a statue. So the first player that had it did it with the character, and they, like a couple days ago, it was earlier this week, found them in a situation where the connection was unstable. I mean, it was launch, main launch week this week, so connection's been a little funky, and they disconnected in like a dungeon. And when they came back, their hardcore player had been killed. And <laughs> that just like that, because of a disconnect, it was nothing they did. It was just the server being wonky because of the always on and gone is the, the first level 100 hardcore. And, uh, yeah, Karn, it looks like Karn. That was it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, gone, but not forgotten. Blizzard yeah. needs to like step in and like fix that for them. Right. Like, they probably will like they, they can just give him a character right they have the tools like they need to they need to throw him a bone <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah it's um 
So what they don't tell you about hardcore is that you're also like you're battling against the the mercy of the servers too. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's part of the experience. The ultimate challenge. The feature. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of in the same boat where if you gave me the choice to not have it, I would take it. But it's also less obtrusive. Like I've been lucky to where at least now that it's out for real, I haven't really run into any major server problems or mm-hmm. disconnects or even login stuff. Um, and I will say, like, and I mentioned this in my review, like, it does lend to some cool emergent moments where, yeah. like, I primarily play solo, and there's times I'll be like, oh, I'm running to this mob of enemies that really got me on the ropes, and then out of nowhere, I see, like, a a fireball come off screen and blast them, and I'm like, oh, the cavalry's here, like, just someone mm-hmm. was wandering by and was like, I'm gonna help this guy that's out. Cool. Same with then, world yeah, bosses, I mean, though, that's always a cool, having just random people join up to take on the world bosses, the big the big bads of the regions is very cool. I had a legit return to King moment where I was almost uh, about to get beat by a boss who had a bunch of like little minions and then a necromancer with like their ghost army <laughs> came in and just cleaned house. <laughs> and they were like, probably like 10 levels higher than me, but it was like, a like, thank God. <laughs> Cause I, I don't know if I would have pulled this off without you. Is, it, is so the idea much. that there's just like random instances where like someone will just be playing the same location as you. And you just, they just sort of overlap those games. Is that what's going on? Yeah, there's there's different. It's not MMO where you're, you're not going to see a gazillion players all at once. Like right. the most you'll ever see players is like at the different towns. But even then, at least in my experience, it's probably like 20, 10, 20. 10, yeah, 20. It's not like, yeah, it's not crazy. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not like MMO where you're like all you see is a bunch of screen names cluttering the screen. Right, right. Um, but even while you're exploring, you might come across another person once in a while. Like it's to me, it's just often enough to where you'll forget that it's an always online game. But then when it does happen, it feels kind of special, mm-hmm. and especially again in those moments where you're like, "Oh, I could use a hand," or maybe like, "I'm gonna go help that dude. He's trying to do a live event, maybe having a hard time. And I'm gonna get in there." And then also they make it easier for you. You can just instantly party up with strangers if you want. Like I got some random party invites from people. Like that stuff, I think is cool, and yeah. I could see that kind of like helps justify the argument for why this is the way that it is. For me, I think Diablo 2 handled it the best. You can make an offline character or an online character. Just like, mm. oh, just okay. offer a way that if people wanted to simply play offline or like just have the local install that they could. I, I think that's the big thing. I don't mind always on as long as you give an option where people, if needed for, uh, if needed or desired, can play offline. Just from a game preservation standpoint, I'm a big, big into the game preservation mindset and these always on games just present issues in addition to the disconnects and things like Karn suffered, but it is the shared world aspect is very cool. I think it is handled very well. And yeah, I think we'll uh, wind it down here. Uh, Overall though, like we said before, I'm really happy. I'm excited to put even more hours into it, especially now that my character gets to stay with me forever now. (laughs) If I wanted to, um but i'm having a blast uh kyle i'm curious to see if you stick with it and what you think as you go along maybe we should just run co-op together see if that uh yeah you know changing they handle co-op well where even if we're like vastly different levels like the character the enemies in your game are going to be your level and oh, the right. enemies in my game are going to be my level it's funny because marcus uh, i think you and i are sort of like i think we've talked about this before you and i just don't really like playing with other people like in general right like <laughs> yeah like i'm generally like i i feel like that makes it sound like we hate people no i, I, but hate, like, I in... only hate some people uh no but i i uh <laughs> but i think it's that would be funny if like you and me were like the two sort of out like we're like single player people we like playing alone like, like we're like, yeah single like player what if we yeah. 
what if the two single player people teamed up? <laughs> there we go. Let's let's do it's it. A let's sitcom the, that writes uh... itself is what I'm saying. There you go. <laughs> but I have played with uh, some people, Scott. I know we we got to play together at some point. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and it is it is a lot of fun when you have uh, at least one other person in there. You know, combining abilities, all that good stuff. But yeah uh scott before we let you go uh where can the fine folks find you and your work and feel free to plug anything that you're working oh on. thank you so much you can find me on twitter at professor rpg uh you can find rpg university the podcast at underscore rpg university on twitter and yeah you can find my work on rpg site um got some cool stuff coming up over on polygon with board game stuff soon um all sorts of stuff so yeah Awesome. And thank you so much for coming on. And when we come back from this break, uh, Kyle and I are going to react to Summer Games Fest. All the hot announcements, all the less hot announcements. (laughs) We're unpacking it all when we come back. Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. We're still here. Kyle and I... It's just you and me, man. Just us. Feeling good? Yeah, just two of us, like, hanging out, talking about video games, all, I guess, by our lows. I mean, like, you were joking before about the two single-player guys teaming up. Right. I guess <laughs> yeah. we're kind of already doing that, and I guess technically we do that on a weekly basis with, like, replay and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's true. But, you know. <laughs> well, we were, yeah, we were going to try to have more, but, um, you know, like, a, a bunch of folks were in Los Angeles doing Summer Games Fest stuff, you know, playing, getting hands-on and that kind of thing, so this is how it works out, and it's good. Yeah, you know, keep you entertained. Uh, much like Jeff Keeley uh, kept us entertained or attempted to, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll get into what we think about Summer Games Fest, uh, which happened yesterday, which is why uh, the Game Informer show is a little late this week because we decided we wanted to wait uh, a couple days to react to it. Um, but we have watched it. We wrote up some bunch of news stories. And I will say, before we run down sort of like the the big announcements and just whatever stood out to us i would like your overall impression kyle of summer games fest this year did you think it was a hit a miss where how are you feeling coming out of that thing um it it was it was an okay show it was like a c plus b minus show i feel like um but like but not not like certainly not terrible certainly like there have been you know keely events that have been it's like in the in the far past where they were like oh this is rough and this was certainly not one of those but there weren't like a ton of surprises right like the biggest the biggest of um trailer the biggest reveal was the final fantasy 7 rebirth which is very exciting uh, and I'm I'm very excited for that game, but it's a game we knew existed. It's a game we've been wanting to know more on. It was nice to see footage of it, but like uh, nothing nothing like that sort of blew me away uh, at this particular event. I don't know if you feel similarly. Maybe I'm being too negative. No, I'm kind of with you, especially when I was sort of going over it again. Uh, like I watched, I rewatched uh, some of it last night and a bit this morning. And when I was really looking at like the list of what was announced, it was kind of like, yeah, there really wasn't a ton here. And I was wondering, like, is this the not that it was a bad show no, necessarily, no, it really wasn't, no. but it was like, yeah, like C C C plus is kind of where I'm at. And I was thinking, like, is this maybe the most underwhelming Summer Games Fest that we've had so far? Like, this is what the third, mm, yeah. third one of these, third fourth, something like that. You know, it started during the pandemic, and I was like, maybe this is the weakest one we've had. 
Nicholas Cage aside, uh, Nicholas but... <laughs> Cage was actually pretty fun. Like this, as far as celebrity celebrity cameos at at uh, a Keeley event goes, I feel like this was like probably one of the most successful ones. You know, like S- some might argue his bit was the best part of the right, show. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like Al Pacino showing up was it at the Game Awards? As as much as yeah. we all love Al Pacino, it was very much like, are you? Did you come here by accident? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> do you also have a son that's into dead by daylight is that why you're right here? i actually i'm curious actually i know what does he say nicholas cage was like no one's ever invited me into this space into the video game space and i was wondering i was like is that is that right like i i, I like i i, <laughs> like I wanted no to one... look and see if he was in the ghost rider like ps2 game right wasn't there like a ghost rider ps2 oh game? yeah uh do they they would have had to use his license, a likeness for that, right? Because that was like a licensed game. I pulled up so... the Wikipedia page and I'm doing a search for the word cage. So I'm guessing he probably was not. Like I wondered if maybe he had done voice work for it. Because there was a there was a weird period there where like video games based on like movies, like were able to get the full cast. Like the Batman Begins oh, I... video game. They had Christian Bale <laughs> and like Michael Caine. It was like it's wild. I always think about the Spider-Man movie games, like especially the like first two, yeah. because of how uninterested Kirsten Dunst in particular right. <laughs> her performance. Yeah, like you could tell she just did not want to do the thing, and was just like, "Yeah, I guess I'll sit in this booth." And but even everyone else, like even Toby, who was probably the most like into it, it, it was noticeably flatter. Yes, than, like absolutely his performance in the movies. Yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I guess you know what? Now that I'm looking at it, I guess that's. I thought maybe he was in the Ghost Rider game, but that looks like that was not the case. So, well, all right, they didn't invite him even even in his own movie. They're like, yeah, we are not allowed. To be fair, that movie's bad anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Summer Games Fest. Uh, you know, there was some stuff that stood out. I have a, a a rough list of of all the things that were announced. We don't have to spend a ton of time on each of them, yeah, but yeah. you know, I'll kind of run down the I'll run down the list, and we can talk about whatever stood out. I think it started relatively strong with the uh, Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. Yeah, a, a brand new side-scrolling Prince of Persia game. Uh, not the remake. They Ubisoft decided to basically like leapfrog over that thing. Was like, you know what? Let's just put out this new thing in the meantime. But the new thing looks pretty dang cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it would kicked off the show, which sort of set it up for me anyway of being like, oh, this is this is great. What a great way to kick off the show. I love Prince of Persia. We've been overdue for something with Prince of Persia. This looks great. You know, yeah. like, I think that game looks awesome. The press release for the game does use the term Metroidvania, uh, which I love. Like, so I was, I'm very much on board with this. This was actually probably, if I'm maybe my most like exciting thing from the show. Honestly, was like the thing I was most excited about. Yeah, honestly, in terms, of especially like brand new stuff, this yeah, this would be number one. Do we know which Ubisoft studio is is doing this one? I. Don't we don't. I mean, I, like I said, I did because I, I did get a press release for it. I could maybe yeah. see if it. I only ask because I know Montreal took back the remake from Mumbai, who was right. originally doing the remake. So like the main like Montreal studio is busy with that. I, I don't know if they're also pumping this one out because the Montreal was like the Prince of Persia studio, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if they were. I can't even find them. Pulling double duty or not. I can't even find um, the press release. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it if I can't find it. But um, yeah, that game looks cool. I love the way that that looks like a really fast paced like platformer with cool action set in the you know a print. It's not like it's like a new Prince of Persia universe, 
there's some story where like he's like a member of the immortals or something <laughs> like, i didn't know if it was like at first i was like is it a remake of the original prince of persia because they're going back to the 2d style or like i but i think you're right where it's just like this is just a new different prince yeah i mean there's a whole uh, there's a whole story of like like again i was surprised it was in the press release like they explained like it's like this is uh his name is sargon i think and he's a member of the, an elite crew called the immortals which is funny because that's kind of what's going on in immortals of avium as well is there's like an elite group of soldiers called the immortals <laughs> um but uh anyway yeah prince of persia looks great can't wait to play that game uh, january i think it is hell yeah yeah you know what also looks great uh the first gameplay reveal of mortal kombat 1 no oh, yeah. the next announcement uh big look at that game uh it's funny because I feel like there were some people that were wondering, like, what's this game going to look like? And I was like, it's going to look like a 2D Mortal Kombat game. <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Not that that's a slight, but I don't know why people thought... There was there were some people that thought it was going to be more than what it would be. Uh, but we got to see the cameo fighters, which I think I, I want to say that I called exactly what that was going to be. Where I was like, I think it's just going to be they come in, do a move and leave and wasn't true tag team gameplay. So I want to pat myself on the bat for that prediction i wish that was one of my official predictions which by the way if you're wondering uh you know charles isn't here but this will not be a a like resolution of the bet that we made last week right uh because we some of those uh bets are, or predictions are for shows that have not happened yet namely microsoft and uh for me i mean one of my guesses was for a nintendo show that has not been announced right yet, yeah so. Uh, maybe we might be waiting a little bit before we uh see who won that thing but we, but... we also made specific microsoft and ubisoft predictions as well and those shows are not happening until sunday and monday so yeah but uh so we'll, we'll... i'm like looking at the list now i definitely lost pretty much all of mine because all of mine <laughs> were for summer games <laughs> best. Uh, oh were, were they all summer games pretty much i mean i can go through real quick i i, I said haze light was gonna have a new game didn't happen i said death stranding 2 was gonna get yeah. an official title didn't happen splinter cell we could still see at ubisoft show and then i said final fantasy 7 remake finally coming to xbox uh didn't happen but that could actually that one could still happen at xbox show so maybe i'm not quite uh as in the losses column as i thought i was because there, there's still a couple things that could come through you know it's funny because like in hindsight, your guesses were pretty safe because, like, Joseph Ferris and Hideo Kojima are, like, the two, like, yeah. usual suspects for, like, a key league show, and neither of them had any presence here. Yeah, and, weird. like, the FF remake thing, like, yeah, I could totally see that, man. Uh, yeah, I'm actually, now that it makes me scared because I feel like you had some pretty, <laughs> like, like likely uh, picks. But then again, none of us said that Lizzo would show up at anything, so I think we're good. Yeah, well, Lizzo <laughs> could still show up at Ubisoft for Just Dance was our prediction. So. She better not, <laughs> is what I have to say, for our sakes. Uh, Ryu is coming to Exoprimal. They're doing a Street Fighter Six yeah. thing, like a crossover. Which I saw someone comment saying, if it, they don't go the other way where they put a T-Rex in Street Fighter Six, then they are cowards, which I, <laughs> I agree with that well, I, love, I love that chart that people have of everyone that Ryu has ever fought, right? Yeah. And uh, you can add a bunch of dinosaurs to that now, which is pretty great. Yeah. I, it's, it's funny because he's an exosuit. It's not Ryu, the character. I it's like an true. exosuit. Yeah modeled after ryu so there is a human inside of a ryu shaped robot and guile as doing... well right was guile there too i, I, so. I, I, Maybe I, I, I don't wrong. think i caught that i mean you might be right i think i was so fixated on ryu that i might have missed <laughs> guile. Yeah. 
I didn't really uh, connect those which... dots. Yeah, you're inside a Ryu robot, basically. That's weird. <laughs> that game's weird. They should make. I, that's uh, that's. Cool I would stuff. like to be, and uh, I would like a Street Fighter mech. <laughs> I, I would like to be. I gotta be careful how I phrase this. <laughs> I would like to be inside of a Street Fighter, but. Um, <laughs> Careful, careful. Uh, Dead, we mentioned Nicolas Cage. Uh, that's uh, next month that that happens. Uh, Nicolas Cage coming to Dead by Daylight. He's a survivor, uh, not a killer. And he's also just himself. He's not playing a character. Uh, I've never played Dead by Daylight, but I would like to know if you can have a team of survivors that are all just the same character. Because I would only want to do like a team of just Nick Cage's <laughs> yeah, right. running away from, you know, Pyramid Head or whatever monster is in there. Right. Uh that seems like the way to go honestly <laughs> so i hope that you're allowed to do that uh but that's in july this was a smaller announcement that i think uh at least we didn't really acknowledge but uh remnant 2 got a release date that's coming out july 25th the sequel to remnant from the ashes yeah. uh i called it out just because i actually like that game i played that whole game with two other friends because it's three-player co-op uh played the expansion too uh it was fun fun little mix of souls and gears basically like if you combine dark souls with gears of war that's that game yeah i've, I've always i've only heard good things about remnant yeah i like that studio a lot i think it's was that machine games it's like a bunch of former darksiders people oh. and yeah yeah not machine games but i forget the name okay. of the the remnant team yeah, machine games is uh that's the wolfenstein team. oh right you're totally right uh, yeah, yeah, yeah they they got the indiana jones like thing going doesn't on. it have the word gun in it though or something gun machine gun machine machine gun uh let's see real quick yeah i'm trying to find it i'm taking like way too long to racing uh gunfire 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 yeah. i knew it was like machine gun something yeah okay gunfire yeah i like gunfire it's, it's called pew pew studios. <laughs> studios yeah yeah they did they did darksiders uh they have like a history with darksiders and stuff like that like they did darksiders 3 and yeah good stuff so we mentioned Prince of Persia probably being a most exciting like new announcement, but I the only other announcement that might rival it uh, is Sonic Superstars, right? Which is a brand new side-scrolling Sonic the Hedgehog game made by Sonic Team. Oh, they had they have said that. It, okay. Yeah, I believe it was confirmed cool. that it, this is Sonic Team. It's not a it's not a sequel to Sonic Mania because uh, it's like two point five D graphics. Um, so basically, kind of them going what back to what they did with Sonic Four, a little bit mm-hmm. of like, hey, we're gonna make another one of the classic games, uh, which is exciting. And but like, I, I, I Sonic Four was cool until you picked it up and played it. Uh, so I'd say you can say <laughs> not Marcus, that it, you can be honest. Sonic Four was not liked. <laughs> and you know it's weird because it's like if it was like any other platformer, it would be fine. But the problem with Sonic 4 is that the physics did not feel like Sonic. If it was anything else, it'd right. be like, this is a totally acceptable platformer. Like, I, I, I don't want to say it's a bad game. It just didn't feel right. Right. It was like, fine. And I finished it. Um, and I guess both parts, they did that in two parts for some weird reason. Um, but uh, hopefully they learn a lesson here because it looks super good. Yeah, <laughs> like, I like the look. I'm not a Sonic person. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if there's... If I we're honest with myself i'd say the sonic that i actually do like is like the good 3d sonics like the sonic adventures and stuff like that like i enjoyed really? those games That's was never so a 2d weird. sonic kid and like going back to sonic 2d lately if i go back and play sonic 1 or 2 it's not a style of game i really like in terms of platform i like really specific platforming you know where it's like you kind of you can be really like 
specific and you know where you're going to land. And the thing about Sonic is to me is just like, it's, it's about speed, you know, it's about like, like a really just sort of jetting across the level, um, which has just never really clicked for me. But I, that being so s- Sonic Mania didn't do anything no, for you either. Not really. You but like I, this game, I liked the look of it. Like I was like, I, I was charmed by it. And I, and it, and I, I was more like watching the trailer. I was like, oh, I'm more into this than I thought I would be for like, you know, new Sonic things. So we'll see. Yeah. Did you, did you play uh, Frontiers? I did a little bit. Yeah. I played the first couple hours and like, I like what I played, you know, like I like I when 3D Sonic like 3D Sonic can be really bad, but when it even like borders into like decent, like I, I, I tend to have a good time. It's like we have both. Uh, you you did. You played Sonic 06 for the replay, right? Were you on the sticks for I that? Did. Yeah. Well, we passed the controller okay. when we played that. So I, I, I you know, I, I didn't play the full thing, but let's just say I played enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, as someone that has also played that game from start to finish, uh, not great. Uh, we've we've both tasted the worst of what Sonic can be, and it's funny. I'm the opposite of you, where I'm an old school Genesis fan, and I've always preferred 2D Sonic. I've never really been a fan of 3D Sonic. I would like to be, but like, I just they've never gotten that character right in 3D to me. Yeah, I, be, I mean, uh, I think you're the more common fan. You know what I mean? I think if if you like Sonic when you say oh i like sonic you're, you're generally referring to 2d sonic you know oh yeah like it's gonna be like sonic one two three knuckles cd mania. mania yeah uh so this is like right up my alley i so i i hope for the love of god <laughs> it just has to feel good uh especially because the four-player co-op looks cool yeah. you know you can play as tails knuckles and, and amy in there um yeah that thing looks awesome i i'm excited to see that comes out later this year at some point I wonder if it'll be $70 just because I know Sega announced recently yeah. they were going to start uh, doing that. And, like, that seems like a lot for this kind of game. But also Sonic's their flagship character. So, like, there's no way they wouldn't make a new Sonic game. 70 bucks, But I guess we'll, we'll find out. Uh, Lies of P got a release date. That's coming out September. And it got a free demo, which I checked out a bit of last night. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to uh, check it out. Wait, how was it? What would you think? I need to finish it, uh, but it's pretty fun. It's like uh, it's a Souls game. Okay, <laughs> it's a it's it's one of those. It plays you know everything about it. At least from my plate is is familiar. Maybe the Legion arm, which is like your uh, Pinocchio's little robot arm thing, is like the most unique thing. But even then, it's sort of like at least like you did different versions of it throughout the game. Mm. You can put guns and stuff on it, but in at least in this demo, you can just do like a really good punch. Mm. Uh, well, that's very Sekiro, but, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, like, uh, even the, the beginning, uh, like, the starter town that you're in has, like, heavy Bloodborne vibes, which is, like, the main point of comparison this game has had throughout its existence. Is like, man, it looks like Bloodborne with dolls. And, like, when you get into that town, it like, when you see the little carriages everywhere, you're like, oh, my God, this looks like that opening area of Bloodborne right. so much. Uh, but it, it's, it looks nice. The enemies look cool. Like, everyone's just, like, these weird, like, basically, like, killer nutcracker looking enemies <laughs> that i kind of right. like they're all like these weird toys that are coming at you uh i i need to go back in and, and finish it uh but i liked what i played so far it seems it seems solid cool. yeah i, I want to uh, check out the so, demo for sure uh sandland a, a game that you and i and everyone else in, in our work slack had to uh do some googling yeah. when he announced like akira toriyama's hit manga we're making a game and i'm like outside of dragon ball and dr slump i'm like what what else has he done <laughs> dragon 
And and yeah, was that a did that get a manga? I know I got an anime. I don't know if I got a manga. Uh, but yeah, uh, Sandland uh, apparently a manga that he wrote in two thousand. Yeah, it, it's uh, I, like I've been familiar with it for some time because I love Toriyama, love Dragon Ball, love Dragon Ball Z, love Chrono Trigger. Like I love Toriyama's art, so I knew yeah. about Sandland. I believe it is getting an anime adaptation pretty soon. Or if it hasn't... Wait, it never happened? I don't think so. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, I hmm. don't... I only ask just because it's been around for so long, apparently, that you would think it would get an anime before it got a game. Uh, but uh, maybe, they're, I guess, they're just going all in on Sandman. Yeah, no, there's, there's, a, there's a movie coming out this year uh, in August. Huh. And so, like, I knew about it from that. Like, I'd seen little bits and pieces and, like, teases for that. And it was like, oh, yeah, Toriyama's you know, manga that isn't Dragon Ball, Sandland. But yeah, when it, when it came up in the show, I was like, I was like, oh, I, and you, I think you said something like, oh, I'm, I'm not familiar with this. And I was like, oh yeah, it just came out. And then I was surprised yeah. to do a quick Wikipedia search. And I was like, oh no, that's, I'm way off. This thing came out in like 2000. I just never got around to reading it or, you know, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you play as a, a- is it Beezlebub? Like the demon? It's like the main character? Oh, yeah, I guess so. The... Yeah. Yeah, and uh, at least gameplay-wise, it's an open-world uh, like action RPG. Uh, it looks cool. Again, I'm with you where like I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan. I love Toriyama's art. Uh, you know, It's one of the reasons why I love Chrono Trigger and, and the Dragon Quest games. Uh, so like seeing this, you're like, oh, at first I thought it was like, oh, maybe this is Dragon Quest Twelve because that's been oh, silent sure. forever. Yeah. <laughs> and we haven't seen any characters from that yet. All they've shared is a logo. We've seen nothing. Yeah. Yeah, a logo, and that's it. Who knows what's going on with that thing? But uh, so yeah, that they for a split second I thought that this was that. Um, but this looks cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm open to becoming a, a Sandland convert. A Sandland stand. There you go. Sandland stand <laughs> over twenty years later. Yeah, yeah no. Um, I, I, I want to know. Like, I like, I like that there's a video game because, like I said, I've, I've been familiar with Sandland, but I haven't engaged with it at all. And this is how I will engage with Sandland. Is like I'll I'll probably play this game. Oh, maybe I'll watch the movie. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I I'm excited to check that out. Yeah. Also, do you derive as much pleasure just saying Sandland? Like it's a it's fun a title, Sandland. Yeah. yeah, Sandland, Sandland. And I'm assuming it's go. like it seems it's I haven't like we like we've stated haven't read the manga, but it's like I bet it's about like you know I bet it all takes place in the desert. So it's a pretty good name, you know. <laughs> it explains what it is. It's a real Mad Max situation. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, I would like to see Toriyama's take on that. This might be it, honestly. If you look at some of the art, it looks like you know vehicles out in the desert. I think this might be it. Oh man, okay. Now you're giving me hope that might not be warranted, yeah, but I'm excited now. Do a little research. Uh, we got a, another big uh, look at Alan Wake too. We had the the man himself, Sam Lake, come up looking all dapper in his nice tux. <laughs> uh, Talk, uh, share some interesting story stuff. Like, there's things we knew about. Like, we knew it was going to be, uh, you know, you split time between uh, playing as Alan and the the new character Saga, who's like the the FBI agent, and that it's basically two scenarios where Saga is investigating the 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 what's the name of the town, Bright Falls. Yeah, that, uh, I think so. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and and uh, Alan's trapped in the dark place. Uh, but he dropped the. Uh, reveal that you can switch between the characters at any point in the story, almost like kind of like Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, that's style, surprising. It sounds like yeah. 
Yeah, and it's like at any point, or, or at least uh, most points, like I think he said there might be a prompt that appears that you can just be, you know, like, hey, I'm playing as Alan, and then go, you know what, I'm going to see what Saga's doing, and just hit a button, and then you'll just switch to Saga wherever I guess you last left her. And that you can jump back and forth as often as you want, or you can play the entire game as just one of them. And that's, I, I'm like curious of like how the story flows if you are switching back and forth and like do things advance i would assume things would have to advance for one character when you're playing the other one right like yeah. they're not going to be exactly where you left them before so like would that be like if i spend a lot of time as saga and then jump to alan he's like i don't know in the grips of a monster that he ran into and you're like what happened to you what <laughs> since i last what what have i jumped into here yeah i'm i'm curious about it i don't love generally like uh multiple protagonists like in a weird way like uh remedy did it with max Payne 2 where you played as max and for a couple levels you played as mona sax and i remember even back in the mm-hmm. day i actually found that pretty disappointing because they just played identically like there wasn't really any advantage or disadvantage of, as playing as one or the other they're just it was exactly the same you know yeah. um but and the other thing is like they call this is they're, they're referring to it as their first survival horror game which is fun the idea of remedy sort of like you know putting their stake in the ground and being like yeah we're doing survival yeah. horror. oh um this game you could tell they've been studying those resident evil remakes because oh my god it looks yeah <laughs> well I, I want actually the, the thing i was getting at is is resident evil where it was like could i play this like resident evil 2 where i sort of there's like two scenarios that you play through because that's that's how i will probably play it i'll play through once as what's her name saga Saga, Saga. and then I'll play once. Then I'll play through as Alan Wake. I I don't really see myself switching back and forth, but I we'll see. I mean, maybe that's the structure of the game. Maybe it encourages you to switch back and forth in some strange way. Yeah, it's he made it seem like it was more going to be like your choice. I'm wondering if there are points in the story where it's like, hey, it might be a good idea to be Saga. Yeah, maybe right now. And I guess it depends on how directly their like interactions like meet in the middle. Like, if I do something as Alan, does it have any direct impact on Saga? Yeah, I don't know. You know, positive or negative. Because uh, that's, you know, Resident Evil 2 did that, of like, depending on the scenario. Like, oh, if I found something with, you know, Leon, it, it, it changes something with uh, with Claire's playthrough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wonder if there's any of that kind of stuff. I don't know. If nothing else, I guess it encourages multiple playthroughs just to see, like, oh, what happens if I only play as just one or if I jump around a bunch? Uh, but yeah, that was like, kind of wild when he dropped that and you know we saw a little bit more gameplay again seeing how like resident evil 4 it looks is like i mean to me that's like great <laughs> i love those resident evil yeah. games so it's like sure if you guys want to you know go with that i'm I'm down for that it looks it, it definitely looks scarier than the first game which I, I think the first game was more creepy than scary to me yeah, at least for it, was me just, it was more weird you know which yeah. is cool. I, I love I like, the original Alan Wake for that reason. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, so yeah, this one looks like it's leaning more into the horror stuff, which I, I'm down with. Uh, you know, it's coming out October, I think, of uh, God, 19th. Uh, but, you know, it's, I'm saying that because it shares a month with Alone in the Dark, uh, another, you know, classic survival horror series getting reimagined right. in an RE-esque style. With two protagonists uh, so, as well. Yeah, which, I mean, in their defense, the original game did that too. Yeah. Like, they kind of really sort of laid the foundation for yeah, that which is that's what i'm saying it's like i wonder if alan wake 2 in its effort to be a survival horror game if they're like well we gotta have two protagonists that's how you do survival horror you know 
didn't read the manual? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> God. Uh, I said, you know, hey, we talked about how fighting game fans would be eating good. I mean, survival horror fans, if these two games work yeah. out, you know, we already got the really good Dead Space and Resident Evil 4 remakes earlier this year, so <laughs> we might be getting two other exceptions. Is Alone in the Dark out this games. year as well? October as well. That's- yeah okay you did they just might that, yeah. they might be like a week apart honestly i think they're both like towards the end of october that'd just be that'd be wild i mean dead if we got dead space Resident Evil four and alone in the dark all in the same year which it looks like it's gonna be unless alone in the dark gets pushed out or something yeah i mean they just announced the release date recently yeah. so that would be surprising but yeah alan wake 2 still looks cool uh kyle what is john carpenter's toxic commando <laughs> that's a great question i mean i i like john carpenter as a director He's always been an outspoken video game fan. Like that seems to be what he is doing in his retirement from filmmaking is just sitting around and playing video games. Living his best life. Why not? I mean, we all aspire to that. Um, I think he plays Fortnite. Is he running yeah. around like building stuff? And No, I, I think he was I, He was probably one of the people who was like, thank God build mode is out of here. Now. <laughs> but I, honestly, I bet he plays a ton of Fortnite. Like he seems like a Call of Duty Fortnite he loves Dead Space. He's always talking about wanting to make a Dead Space movie. It's like the right. Like I could be wrong about that. Yeah. He, no. 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 You're right. I. I. That was him, right? It wasn't yeah. like Ridley Scott. Yeah. I think it no. Was him, no. Yeah. Ridley. Okay. Ridley Scott. I actually. <laughs> quick aside. I. I. I have a question for if I ever get a chance to do like an interview with Ridley Scott. It's like I want to know if he knows anything about Metroid, because like, he's like ripley or, or ridley is like named after him and i wonder if he is even aware of that you know <laughs> as, there was a period as a kid where i would confuse the two names in a way that the two care the two names ridley swaps and Ri- oh ridley that, and yeah. samus no ridley and rip like oh, ellen right. ripley right like gotcha. i would get those two confused and it was up there with confusing lex luthor from dc with Lex Luger, the wrestler. <laughs> Those were like the two big, like, wait, which one? I, I know Ripley. Yeah. And it's weird because I was, I, at that point, I would have seen way more Alien than I had played of Metroid. Uh, but I, you know, I still knew Ridley was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you probably weren't tracking directors back back in those days. But um, yeah, as far as what the game is, it looks like a zombie shooter. I believe it's Saber, right? The, the, uh, the World War Z folks. Right. And it looks like very focused on vehicle stuff as well. Like you're fighting zombies, but then also a big part of it seems to be that like you're maybe you're maintaining this vehicle through the course of the game. Like it's a it's a tool as much as it is an A to B sort of uh, mechanic. Like you're 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 running over zombies and you're pulling other vehicles out of the mud with like tractor pulls and stuff like that. And is it almost like they're going for like a triple a version of what you would do in like those far loan sales games or like a lot of that it's like hey you have a vehicle that you have to maintain and it is like your main sort of like like days gone surviving had a little bit of that you know with your motorcycle kind of you had to like maintain that so like conceptually like that all sounds cool but seeing the footage it's like yeah i don't know looks like a looks like a zombie shooter and the sort of john carpenter of it all of it all didn't really sort of surface in that trailer. Like, I'm very curious what his role in this game is. Did he like Did they write not say the script? Was... Yeah, I. This was one that I admittedly I didn't see a ton because I was I think I was writing a story and I was kind right. of half 
listening and, and looking at it. They didn't say anything about like other than just his name on the title, like, oh, he's doing this or Yeah. It's just John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. And I don't know he's on Twitter, I think. I wonder if he's said anything about it. <laughs> he's just like, I I have no idea what this is. I was not <laughs> No one asked me about, about this. The horror master put- on Twitter. Has he tweeted about it? He retweeted um the reveal. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would be very curious because like he is like I, I we've even talked to him for Game Informer at least on one occasion just about like Tim Turry back in the day just talked to him about his love of horror video games you know like and yeah. he's not he's not like because sometimes you'll see a celebrity who like they play video games and they're like and then that those video games are like yeah I play Call of Duty and Madden and Mario Kart yeah right play like the those, arcade version of Super Mario Brothers yeah but like he is like someone who will like share like tweets and stuff of, like for his review of the Dead Space remake you know what I mean like he. He he's he's like that uh, that other he's like closer to us in terms of the kind of games he's playing. Like he's playing yeah. a lot of single player experiences and stuff like that. He's like on the a, Ben Schwartz side of things. Yes, exactly, absolutely. There you go. He's in that tier. Yeah. So I so that being said, like I'm curious what this game looks like because it's like if this is finally his chance to kind of you know be really involved in the development of a video game and as someone who has played and enjoyed a lot of good video games like i i i I'm, it, it could all be really good you know but uh yeah. yeah we'll see we shall see uh Baldur's Gate 3 has got the guy that played Lucius Malfoy as a bad guy that's cool. Jason Isaac's cool why yeah. not i don't no complaints. I don't, yeah <laughs> i don't like that guy <laughs> or the people he plays uh so uh spider-man 2 we got our first look at venom as well as the the box art not in game yeah sort of like some some art but uh he it, definitely not all for sony <laughs> exactly uh he definitely looks like venom was the one note that i had for that <laughs> like that's that he's big he's muscly he's got teeth and a tongue yeah. that's not really any deviation there which this, is, this ain't your Topher grace venom that we're looking at here <laughs> <laughs> this ain't uh yeah more of a tom hardy uh exactly. i guess wait which that's I, his name right is it topher i think it's topher is it trofer or topher it is topher grace okay yeah which is like, i thought maybe that was his last name, name. Wrong. you know that he was bullied as a kid and they called him topher the gopher <laughs> that was his that was his life growing up and calling it now <laughs> uh, uh, that's right. but yeah also uh spider-man 2 release date october 20th there's a lot happening in, uh, around october turns out venom was wrong because he said september i wonder if they push it him on just to spite him uh, wait the he, voice actor. Said sub- he oh. in his little week he was like i'm pretty sure it's coming out september you know so right yeah a lot of people were dead set that. on that <laughs> uh uh pal world is a game that i've had just played a strange fascination with since it was first really announced like two years ago yeah uh, this is the pokemon game with guns it's kind of like really the best way you can ever describe this game because I think it nails it. Which is like they did on stage, I think, right? Didn't Keeley say that? Did yeah, say that? I mean, yeah. that's what you say when you talk about this game. It's like, yeah. hey, you know Pokemon? Yeah, what if you gave them an AK-47? But if, like, if, if that was one, too. If they had that on like the Xbox showcase or the PlayStation showcase, they wouldn't, they'd be too scared to say that, right? They would too, be too scared to use those words. But Keeley he's just a man he can say pokemon with guns you know <laughs> yeah you remember he was weird when he held his arms out in a very like kind of threatening like what you're gonna do kind yeah, right. of way like, he was really in, like inviting nintendo to do something about it that's uh but uh that had that's going into early access in january 
this game has been delayed a few times. I believe it was supposed to go into early access sometime this year. Uh, but now we have a confirmation. I just Power World is on one. Of, it's on the list of games that I'm still not entirely convinced is real. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like you're like I feel like I need to touch this to know that this is happening. There's a like I said, there's a few other games on that list, so this gets it closer over that line of of reality, which is nice. Real quick, the Lord of Rings Return to Mor. It's not Moira. It's Moria. Uh, the Mines of Moria, right? So it is well, the, it's returned to the title, but the mines of is like the setting because you right, play okay. as dwarves and you go yeah. craft and dig stuff up. I only bring this up because I just realized that this will be because this is coming out sometime this year. This will be the third Lord of the Rings game to come out in 2023. Somehow, oh, well, so because it was a mobile game and Gollum. Yeah, the mobile right? game was the one that EA put out. Yeah, which was a uh, Heroes of Middle Earth, I believe it's called. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, game of the year, Gollum. And <laughs> game of a year. Yeah, Gollum. <laughs> it was a game that came out this year. Uh, and then this thing. And I'm just like, man, when did... I feel like we used to go, like, years without Lord of Rings anything. And all of a sudden, there's three games coming out. And I was like, is that, like, an Embracer thing? Because remember, Embracer yeah. bought the IP. Uh, I mean, not that Lord of the Rings has never been popular or anything. But I think the show, the Amazon show despite kind of like really not moving the needle at all i, don't yeah, I was gonna know. say I, don't I people like... not like that show i haven't seen it but... i'm same but like i i think just that it was happening probably got a <laughs> lot of people like because games take a long time to make so when they were like oh yeah you know the license is out there with embracer amazon's working on a show like we're heading back into you know lord of the rings is coming back in a big way and then the show came out and it kind of was like Ugh. Yeah, no one really cared. It was it was like the worst case scenario where it was like not so bad that everyone complained about it all the time, but also not good enough for people to get excited about it. It was just like totally middle of the road, which made it become completely invisible. <laughs> yeah, I think you mean middle of the earth. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's like in some cases it's almost better to be so bad that it's noteworthy. Like maybe the worst yeah. thing to be is just sort of like boring. Yeah, it was like I think people inoffensive. The, the people who watched it all the way through were like, "Yeah, it's fine." You know, I was it's I finished it, you know, but no one was over the moon for it and no one hated it, you know. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh speaking of which real quick, uh did you like that Witcher 3 trailer season 3? Are you a Witcher Netflix guy uh, or I have watched both seasons. I really they had a Radiohead song as the soundtrack for that trailer. <laughs> Uh, Burn yes, the Witch, do. which is a great song, and I really thought maybe it's funny because you know every trailer has to have a slowed down cover, you know, some weird cover of some famous song, and I thought maybe Radiohead might be immune to that, but... especially because they already have slow songs. Like you could just play yeah. <laughs> like half of what's on OK Computer and be good to go. <laughs> no, but Marcus, you don't understand this. This song was called Burn the Witch, so and then the the show is called The Witcher. So, so right that's that's so why they had to do it be that damned way. <laughs> but the actual it's like uh, this is a weird tangent but like army of the dead uh, the the movie that batista from like a year or two ago remember that the Netflix oh movie? right yeah with the heist uh they played zombie at the end like the cranberry song right and yeah. it's like you guys remember that songs about like it was like a protest song about like kids getting murdered or something, right? But it's that, like you can tell they're like, "Well, it's a zombie in the title. Who cares?" And they're like, "Well, that's that." I mean, that's <laughs> that's Snyder, right? That is a Zack Snyder, like you know, it's it's all surface level for him, 
right? It's all just style over substance when it comes to Zack Snyder movies. So of course it was just like, yeah, the song is called Zombie and it's a zombie movie. It all it works, you know. Like she says it like three times. Yeah, of course. That's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He never he never thinks about it more than than that, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. Witcher, like that show's cool. I, I enjoy it. I'm curious to see what they do without Henry Cavill and how they square that. Um, yeah. Are you disappointed by that? Do, are you enough of a fan where like, oh, I kind of bummed out that's not going to be him anymore? I'm weirdly fine with it. If I don't care about that show enough to get become to get in arms about it, if that makes sense, right? Like, yeah. it's not like, yeah, I, someone I remember uh, Xander Cannon who uh comic book artist who did a bunch of our um April Fool's Day covers Game Enforcer covers he once described himself as being I'm I don't care who they cast as Batman years old which is like (laughs) you just hit a point where you're just like yeah whatever someone else can play Batman you know great and that's kind of how I feel about that I don't like someone else will always play Batman yeah (laughs) someone else can be Geralt let's see how they do I don't know like you know like I like Henry Cavill. He's cool, but like he's not he's he's not he's not making a break on that show for me. Yeah, I, it, since we're on the TV bit, real quick, I'm touching that twisted metal thing, which apparently I oh god I, okay. had that footage been out. Apparently, I it was my first time seeing it. Uh, I think it was this. new. I'm almost certain it was new. Yeah. Okay, but I know that they've said that they were going for comedy with this, so I wasn't surprised like surprised by the tone necessarily. But even then, I was like, oh, we're really like really leaning into it with just the also a thong song reference and yeah. <laughs> a Cisco reference. I mean, I've never played the twisted metal games. It's not a series I'm really about. Yeah. N- never oh. got into them. And that, and that trailer basically uh, confirmed that I'll never watch that show. Like I just <laughs> absolutely not like not doing anything for me at all you're not you're not hunting down a copy of twisted metal black which no. uh, to be fair is tonally way the other way from what yeah, the show it's, is it's doing. always like a dark show a uh, dark game right isn't it very oh i mean black in particularly is like that's when they went like extra dark uh but yeah uh it's weird because like the sweet tooth design is kind of based on the twisted metal black version of him okay. in the show it's also weird to me knowing because like twist uh Sweet Tooth in the show is voiced by Will Arnett, who sort of like introed it. I'm disappointed that he didn't take the opportunity to hold up an energy drink as a fun jab to The Rock's <laughs> appearance because it was very similar. Of like he's doing a cell phone sh- like selfie video of like, hey, here's the thing I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know. Have fun. Enjoy your games. Whatever The Rock said last year. <laughs> right. Then, yeah. I was like, man, he seems like a funny, clever guy where he would have watched a Rock thing and would have like totally just ripped on that yeah you got will on that's very funny so it's weird that he uh, is the opposite of funny in that clip it's weird <laughs> that they pulled that off um but you know it's his voice but it's uh the body is samoa joe the the pro wrestler which is right. very also strange because he's like another i mean his character portrayed really seriously so seeing him just in that situation it was just like it's that was all weird i was my mind was going all over the place watching that yeah Uh, i mean maybe if it's contextualized maybe it's better in the full thing but yeah that was did not enjoy that clip was not a was not did not sell me on the show (laughs) i do know um the doughboys podcast i don't know if you're a fan marcus i've Uh, heard of it yeah it's uh uh, one of the co-hosts mike mitchell is in the twisted metal show and that's about the most interested i that's the thing that's like okay i want to see what that guy what he's funny like as a character from the game or like he plays a character named Stu. apparently 
Oh, stupid. No, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, may- maybe maybe like within the context, like right, if you see it all as one piece, maybe it's funnier and more interesting. But at that isolated clip, I was like, oh, this is rough. This is not doing it for me. Yeah, no cars were exploding, which is a weird choice. Yeah. Um, like a dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his name, uh, comes out on my birthday, oh. November 9th. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I, I probably won't play this, and not because I'm not a Yakuza fan, but I am. But I, I haven't played... Because this game takes place in between six uh, and like a dragon, right? Sort of explaining what Kiryu was doing during that time and why he shows up in like a dragon. Uh, I have, I'm still want to make my way through the series proper because I've only ever played zero and seven, so I haven't really played the like the full Kiryu saga. And I, I have like vague ideas of how six ends, but like I don't want the like I don't want to know. Right. I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth because I am going to play like a dragon eight. So I'm still debating about how I'm going to do that because there's no way I'm going to get through all those games before then. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah for, for being honest, right? Yeah. So yeah, this I might change my tune on November 9th, but yeah, I, it looks cool. I, you know, I like I, I like Yakuza again. This was another one where like the Prince of Persia, where it's like I'm surprised I didn't save this for the RGG Summit that's like next week. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, uh, uh, yeah, but they 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 were they they were speaking Japanese, right? In the trailer? Yeah. Were they speaking English? But. Oh man, this was another one where I was I was distracted with the writing. I I think it was subtitled. Okay, I'm just curious because like I I actually like the dub in seven a lot. Like I would rather yeah, play same. dubbed and I and and then the most recent one didn't have a dub, and so like uh the the one that takes place in the past. Well, that was that was also the. I mean, they could have dubbed it, but I think that was because that was a remake of an older game before yeah. they started dubbing. Like that was like pre western popularity but like all the new games like the judgment games have been dubbed too i believe so yes I, I believe so i just i just hope that they're dubbing it is like and i know that's probably blasphemy for some people they're like probably like you need to play in japanese it's like a very japanese game but yeah i like to dub i'm a stupid right. american i'm sorry calling the oxy to put a hit on you uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see uh, quantic dream has under the waves and also they yeah, revealed another cool. game they're publishing called this Oh boy, Lisfanga, Lisfanga. <laughs> right, it looked like a two D kind of thing. It looked cool. It looked cool. I see. The only reason I called it out was I was watching that, going like, "Oh, this is hitting the the note that I like." It's it's funny because like it's another time manipulation game. So we had, uh, I mean, I Prince of Persia, the one that was. It's not. There's no time powers in that. I, mm-hmm. I don't believe. Uh, but you know, just because of the association with time, I looked at this. It's like, oh, we're doing another, like. I don't know, mildly Prince of Persia adjacent 2D action game. I don't know. It looks cool, but yeah. manga. Uh excited for that. Uh are you gonna buy a Porsche branded Xbox Series X, Kyle? Uh, I think I'm good, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Okay. Yeah, I think I'm all right. I would, but I don't know if you can even buy those. I think they're just doing them as giveaways, I think, probably, right? You get one when you buy a Porsche, it's just like in the car waiting for you. When you <laughs> it's like you know i i guarantee you when he started that conversation that somebody in that audience got excited thinking they were going to get a free porsche (laughs) i bet you there was one person that thought that this was an oprah situation and that they're going to check under their seats and find some car keys everyone just blindly (laughs) scraping the bottom of their chairs like oh come on and then they were disappointed when they saw an xbox that looked like a weird piece of candy <laughs> come up on stage and was like, oh, never mind. It's this like candy cane looking console. Never mind. Right, uh, right. Immortals of AVM got another big look. I 
it looks cool. I, yeah. I it was weird because we just saw like another extended look at that game like at the PlayStation thing. So I was like, uh, maybe I'm hitting the point with that game where I've seen enough. And I'm like, yeah, it looks cool. I'll probably play that. I don't. This didn't change my like my standing on that game. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a game that I think a lot of people, myself included, are kind of gonna like. It seems like it's got a lot of stuff going for it. Like that, the gameplay footage was cool, and it really just comes down to like how does it how does it function as a full product like a full you know a full piece um, right i mean and i i went to their studio a couple months ago and played it and it felt good i like what i played uh so i'm optimistic for that game yeah you know it's funny you said optimistic because i was gonna say uh fortnite has optimistic prime nailed it. coming which is what his uh his closest friends call him i'm referring to optimus prime of transformers fame coming to the the new season of fortnite uh don't ask me what it is i hate the way fortnite names it's it's seasons of like oh it's chapter five part two book three yeah yeah i i don't know what that means exactly why couldn't they just say fortnite season just keep it season one two three four five i don't know yeah wilds i guess it's called sure which it is like usually usually they have like a handful of like you know ip and stuff so it's kind of actually i was honestly kind of surprised it's like oh just just transformers all right cool yeah i mean there's a lot of transformers kyle <laughs> it's probably more than they could i mean there's got to be a, a, a optimus primal in there with that new uh the the beast wars movie i would like to play as cheetor in Fortnite, that be you, you have to be able to transform, right? Like you're just your character is also just a vehicle. I would think so. It wasn't really clear in that sort of the footage that they did, but but um, yeah, and he also shrinks down to be like human sized, right? Because like just <laughs> a known Optimus Prime power. <laughs> yeah, like you can't be giant Optimus Prime uh, in Fortnite. Uh, I, I mean, if you could, were, but... if you were weren't a coward you could do that i would like to see just giant robots stomping around just uh, getting five kills because you stepped on a whole squad <laughs> I, yeah but i'm curious if he can transform i mean usually they do really cool stuff like that right like with the spider-man stuff you can web swing in Fortnite. you know yeah dragon so, ball you can go super saiyan yeah yeah and you can do kamehamehas and stuff like that so i hope i hope he has some kind of cool thing with him you know and that brings us to the end where we mentioned at the top of the show uh close out summer games fest with a big trailer for final fantasy 7 rebirth i don't know why jeff built this up the way that he did before he announced it where he was like this is it guys like this is the big thing the rumors were true because if you've been paying attention it was kind of obvious that this would be at the show because they in the last almost week uh the final fantasy 7 twitter account Every day was posting a new Q&A question where they would just have the the producer answer one specific question. Like, do I need to play 7 Remake to play Rebirth? And his answer was just an extended, nah. (laughs) Yeah. And they had counted down if you kept track. And I know Wes pointed this out because he was writing a lot of the news stories where the seventh, it was the seventh day of these would be Summer Games Fest. So it's kind of like, yeah, that. I could see that. Okay. that so if, that you're, if you were sense. paying attention, it maybe wouldn't have been that big surprise. I certainly wasn't. I kind of thought like we wouldn't hear about Rebirth at all until 16 was out was sort of my thought. You know what I mean? Like get 16 yeah. out the door. Let's keep the conversation focused on 16. 
and then we will talk about you know seven remake two. So I it surprised me, but I wasn't really paying attention to be to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if those audiences are different enough because seven a lot of the appeal for that game, especially the fan base, is like pre existing Final Fantasy fans of like you we you've been here for a while because you love the original game, or if you came in with remake, whereas sixteen is like a brand new thing. So it's I don't know maybe there's enough of a divide there. Or like yeah, you know. I mean, if you're gonna, I'm kind of a weird Final Fantasy fan as I'd always dabbled with them. Um, and enjoyed a few, like even back in the Super Nintendo, I played a lot of Final Fantasy 2, or I guess uh, 4, you know, I always get confused about that. But uh, 15 was actually the first one that I like finished and saw credits on. And from that point on, I was like, you know what, I think I'm in on this series. I'm gonna, I, And I played 7 Remake and enjoyed it and played the DLC and I'm excited to play 16. So I'm, I'm like a weird, I never beat 7. Like I've played 7 a couple of times, like tried to play 7. And never got further than Midgard. Like, I left Midgard the furthest <laughs> I ever got. Oh, wow. So, like, for me, playing 7 Remake is basically the equivalent of, like, playing a brand new game. You know? Yeah. I mean, which, in, I mean, in some ways it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, that's true. The, I, the storytelling stuff. Uh, I wonder just how much of, like, what percentage of am I in terms of that kind of player of Final Fantasy 7 Remake fans? You know what I mean? Is it 50-50? Am I, like, part of a small group of, like, 20% or something like that? who really doesn't have really any nostalgia for the original. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that first game sold pretty well. I don't think it did like gangbusters from what I remember, but I think it did like, it did fine. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly one of the most successful Final Fantasies, I think, period. Right? Yeah. But I think those numbers kind of told me like, okay, I, I, the bulk of this must have been just like existing Final Fantasy VII fans who are like, you know, are aging out of gaming at this point. And, like, whoever's left is, you know, like, yeah, I'll, I'll play a remake to that RPG I played in high school. And, like, it, I always feel like any newcomers were just, like, probably people that just were aware of Seven's just reputation, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is for me because I don't want to go back to the the version where Cloud has, like, paintbrush-looking hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, that's me, right? Like, I watched Advent Children. I was familiar with the characters. You know, I know who Cloud and Aerith are and Sephiroth. Like, I know them I know what they look like and I know their names, but in terms of like the deeper story, seven has been an opportunity for me to actually like finally understand it, you know, which has been fun. What does trailer do for you as someone that, cause you've never made it outside of Midgar in the original, which is kind yeah. of funny. Cause it's like, it's not that, it's I not, know. it doesn't take well, that long to get out of there. It's but, funny. Cause I did the uh, deepest dive on seven remake with min max. Right. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've barely played Final Fantasy VII. I don't know. I, I've never played any of this stuff. And then I found randomly, I booted up my Vita, which is the where I got the furthest on Final Fantasy VII. And I booted it up, and I realized that my save was right outside of Midgard. Like, I had basically <laughs> played everything from Remake. I just, like, completely forgot. But, yeah, in terms of the trailer, actually, other than getting excited because it's like, oh, yeah, I'm excited to see what's next for this game the sort of minutia the sort of minutia of it of like the the story stuff right like yeah didn't really do anything for me because i was like well i don't know i don't know what's going on like i is this is this new stuff or is this is this is this exactly emulating what was in the original game or is this another instance where they're making radical changes so mostly for me it was just like yeah oh yeah i'm excited i'm excited to know more about the sequel and i'm excited to see these characters you know in action in a trailer <laughs> is where it's like I did your at. heart skip a beat in the beginning when you saw all the characters getting like stretchered out <laughs> no i mean red, i guess red i was 13 a little, confused, and his little <laughs> red 13 a little blanket over him you're like what happened <laughs> and, <laughs> 
no i didn't my, my heart uh stayed steady uh, kept my my heart rate stayed the same throughout so gotcha yeah uh, i thought the trailer looked great i mean i i love that game i'm a final Fantasy 7 fan in general of the original uh, of the original yes okay, cool. um and, and i liked remake a lot too it was fun to see yuffie part of the main cast which you know we figure she would be but it was cool to see her you know doing gameplay combos with like red 13 uh the only new face we saw was like elena joining the turks which was nice so now we got the full the full threesome Who's, ready to go she may be new but she's still a turk which i just thought was like a weird phrase <laughs> okay <laughs> a lot of weight behind that you know rude man a few words for a reason uh <laughs> and then uh you know a good bit of uh it's weird it's like i don't want to i don't want to say what like the context of certain things just because of like you know you don't know the full story of final Fantasy seven i presume that's like i don't know if you've ever looked it up no but uh okay once remakes i mean like it's one of those things it's like everyone knows about Aerith. Right, it's like it's like knowing who Darth Vader. It's like knowing Darth Vader's right, identity. Right. You're just kind of like born knowing that somehow. You don't know why you know that, but it's, you just it's know the that. Most well known spoiler, in right? Games. So like I know that, but like, yeah, I don't know. I've never like gone down a Wikipedia rabbit hole of like learning the story because in my head I was like, I'll play Seven someday, even though that was like a total lie. Like, and I know it's a lie. I just never wanted to admit it to myself. And then when remake comes out, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just play a remake. And that's that now. So, yeah. So it's nice to go in with uh, surprises still. Yeah. So you know, just for those that do know the story, like, you know, you see some familiar stuff. Uh, some stuff that was a little surprised to see in the trailer, especially the uh, stuff with Tifa and, and Sephiroth. I wasn't expecting to see. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, looks awesome. Uh, yeah. It's coming out early 2024. Which you know, trash because they always said it was coming out winter, which can always mean either really late this year or early this year, next year. So I know some people are calling it a delay, but I was like, eh, no, technically not really. Um, also, it's coming on two disc. Which, what does that mean exactly? Well, <laughs> someone pointed out, which apparently the the first one did too. See, I didn't. I saw that too, and I. I bought seven remake digital, so I, I yeah. don't know this, but I think it's because they didn't say from what I remember of remakes marketing, they never pointed that out. But like, I think I was also told that it was like one of them was just a data disc. Like it wasn't like yeah. the game was strictly divided between two discs. I think one of them was just like, oh, this is the install disc and this is the yeah. The other I mean, disc. I kind of like that. Like I always loved in Metal Gear Solid the moment when you swapped discs. You know, it's like this seminal moment. You're like at the sort of the seventy five percent point of the game. So I always yeah. kind of like I kind of like the multiple disc things. But um, like Red Dead Redemption Two was two discs. I f- had forgotten that Final Fantasy Seven remake was two discs. But really, usually what it is is like you put one disc in to install a bunch of data and then you put another disc in to install the rest of the data. And then you never actually swap discs in the middle of the game. Was Red Dead 2 two discs on Xbox? Yes. Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> okay, Marcus is, uh, for the audio listener, right, leaving to go it. check. I'm, a, I'm almost certain. me for a loop. I have a, um, you can see here, if you're watching the video, I have a PS4 copy of Red Dead Redemption 2. And I was like, wait, was this always two? Oh my God, it was. It's two discs? Yeah. Well, one of, okay, so... One of them is a data disc. Yeah. And then the second was the play disc. So I don't think... I was like, I don't remember actually swapping discs like midway through Red Dead. No, it's like, hey, you put don't this swap. one in first to get it ready, and then this is the one you actually play. I'm sure that'll be the case with Rebirth as well. But I think it's just like a fun thing to say on stage. It's like two discs. It just makes it feel massive, you know? I don't know. I feel like if you're going to... Because it's like, if it's just like a... You, 
utility thing why would you put that so prominently like i think it might be like hey this game is so big yeah that we and especially because final fantasy i think more than any other series is so their history with multiple disc is such a big thing with those classic games that it's like hey remember how seven like original seven was three disc yeah and like pretty much all the playstation era games were multiple disc i i don't know i feel like it might just be like no they're both I guess play disc basically like there will be a point where it's going to say like, Hey, switch to disc two for the rest of the story. I otherwise just, just don't that I would be say into it. That? Like I, I, it makes I me almost want to buy the physical. Version. I yeah. I still I, like buying physical. So yeah. I, I all, those weirdos. also, what does that mean for digital? Like how big is that? If it, if what we're saying is true, like how big is that download going to be? Cause a Blu-ray can hold a lot. You know, if you yeah. have two play disc of a Blu-ray, like that's two, essentially two like open world games, I would imagine. Let's see. How big is the, I wonder how. Because think how about is... all the huge games that come out that are only on one disc, you know, like the Witcher 3 is gigantic and that was one disc. And So apparently 7 Remake was 100 gigabytes, right? Uh, which that sounds about right for like a big game. Like Red Dead's probably about 170 to 100 gigabytes. That's kind of wild too, because like that, like Final Fantasy VII remake, like that was not, that was not open world in the in the in the traditional sense, because you know it was all in Midgar, but it was yeah. so dense with like effects, and like it looked, you could see the money in everything basically. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. it was a amazing looking game, but it wasn't like an open world game necessarily. I mean, you you didn't you couldn't even. I mean, it really wasn't at all. Like, yeah, I mean, like not even necessarily. It was it was a linear game fully. You know? Yeah, like it was just like hubs, you know, between yeah. like the like wall market and stuff. So yeah, like again, I just like I was like, how big is this is this game? Is it if it has to be two play disc? Especially because this is remember, this is only part two of a planned trilogy. Like there's a third yeah. game coming after this. So, like, how big is that gonna be <laughs> if this is as the big middle chapter? I mean, I I think it's probably gonna be probably like 100 gigabytes which is you know what i mean like i don't know i don't think it's going to be more than the biggest games right like the i think call of duty war zones are on 100 gigabytes lately like you don't think we're getting two skyrims no no i don't think so but yeah you know, who know who knows who knows i think this one's still gonna be pretty linear i don't know if this is gonna have any open world kind of stuff you know? i mean i because there was a there was a tr- we're in the, the world map now like now that they're because in the main, in the original game, once you leave Midgar, the world opens up like, hey, you can go to different cities now and right. whatever. So, like, if we're at that point now, then it... But the thing we is, saw though, the trailer had those big, I mean, open areas, but it could just... Because Final Fantasy XVI is doing those sort of, like, that's not, like, true open world, but it's, like, really no. large hubs. Yeah, it's linear. But, like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I think when you beat the DLC, there was, a tra- there was like, a trailer, right, that showed the crew basically showing up at their next destination right and this based on what little i know about final fantasy the original final fantasy 7 to me it felt like what they had done with that sequence with that cutscene at the end of the dlc was in was basically say like all the stuff that would have been open world all that stuff of you like walking right to your next destination in the big open world of the original game we just made that a cutscene right like and i yeah and maybe i'm misinterpreting but i would really be surprised if it was like open world in the way that the original was where you just it wasn't it wasn't like open world right it was more that you just had like a big area to when you put that where you walked between locations right it was like an overworld basically. right like like, like how you know, fi- the, like the original overworld, yeah. yeah 
Okay. Uh, so I, yeah. I don't I don't think there's going to be an overworld, but I would I would I'm perfectly happy to be wrong. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I I mean, I think I think there's a chance that what you're saying is true too, like that I, I think it could go either way. Yeah, it just depends on just yeah, I don't know. That two disc thing threw me for a loop. <laughs> what a weird thing! It, it, yeah. I, it's just like if it's if it's just this. I'm holding up Red Dead again. If it's just like, hey, data display is like, why even say that? <laughs> why make that? Yeah, a, a I thing? don't know. Yeah, that's like other games do that. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, that game's coming out early 2024. It looks rad. I'm excited for it. Uh, uh, in addition, like you know, we have two uh, long tables of like feasts going on. Like, there's one that all the fighting games are hanging out with. Like at the lunch table, there's the one with the survival horror fans are eating out, having a good time. Uh, <laughs> right. Final Fantasy fans have a pretty decent sized table right now too because yeah. they're getting you know two landmark entries in within a year of each other. So, and they're only what like not even six months apart. Assuming this is like January, February. So yeah everyone's everyone's eating good that's what we like to see yeah. right no one's Hell going yeah. hungry no we're not and playing Fortnite fans have optimus prime everyone's in good shape <laughs> no temple of the dog here uh it's a hunger strike reference <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah and that that wraps up summer games fest uh like i said like a good sea show i'd like say coming out of it I'd say Sonic and Prince are the two like new things that I'm like, hell yeah. And everything else was like, oh, we knew this. A pair of 2D platformers are like the highlights. <laughs> like, all right. Cool. Is that an indictment? <laughs> Some might say, who knows? No, no, no. Yeah, I think we'll uh, wrap it up here. You know, no questions this week. Uh, we spent so much time with uh, this discussion, but you know, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping first and foremost. Be sure to leave us a review on you know apple Podcasts, spotify you know tell us what you think of the show uh you know we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star review it helps us out a lot you know but you know be honest let us know don't hold back and you know <laughs> if you don't hold back enough we, we we might read it on the air we, we've read podcast reviews before and you know maybe you could be the one if you're honest enough who can say <laughs> otherwise <laughs> check us out on all, our, uh, uh, all of our other channels, like GameInformer.com, of course, our main website. Check us out there. You can check us out on our two YouTube channels. We have our main Game Informer YouTube channel, and we have our Game Informer Shows YouTube channel, which is where you're watching this show right now. And that's just our channel where we have our longer form video content. All of our Twitch archives are there. Uh, replay is there. So, you know, subscribe to both if you want to get all of the amazing video content that we put out. Uh, also be sure to check out our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Kyle and I are currently playing uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts from start to finish in our ongoing super replay of that. We also do a bunch of other weekly streams. Be sure to give us a subscription there. You can get into our Game Informer Discord channel where a lot of our awesome community members hang out. And as another reminder, if you are want to buy the Game Informer magazine, you know, you can subscribe get the issues or you can buy single issues of game informer now all you got to do is go to gamestop.com slash game informer and you can buy individual issues for just 5.99 of the most recent five issues uh, our final fantasy issue is up there now for purchase it's a great way to support us and it's, you know it's a non-committal way to keep up with all of our awesome magazine content and just the Plug us on social media if you want to find us. I am at Marcus Stewart Seven on Twitter. Uh, Kyle, you are at Kyle M Hilliard, 
And if you want to follow uh, Scott White, who was on you know, our Diablo segment, he is at, at Professor RPG. Check out our Game Informer TikTok. Check out our podcast, such as All Things Nintendo with Brian Shea. And of course, a big shout out to Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon, who is our amazing editor for the Game Informer show. Be sure to check out their podcast, Fun and Games, and their Bioware podcast, uh, Reignite. And yeah, in the future, if you want to send us uh, questions to greet on the show, you can send those at podcast at GameInformer.com. Or if you're part of our Discord channel, just drop them in the Game Informer show Discord. And Kyle, I'm tired. We should get out of here. We, we've seen a lot of video games. We have a lot more yeah. video games. To, <laughs> rather, I should say video game showcases to come. Yeah, we got to uh, finish up this magazine. We got to get this issue out the door, man. Yeah, we got to do a lot. We got to record a replay. We got all kinds of fun stuff. We got to watch a Microsoft thing this weekend. We got, video games are happening, folks. And we <laughs> couldn't be happier. So until then... Have a great time. Play some games. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.